This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. All-Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Just what was that fire in the sky over Illinois? Some police officers swear it was a UFO. One officer snapped this picture of the object floating in the sky just a few days ago. Here is a sketch of what police saw. Are we really alone in the universe? With all the documented case histories of alien contact and the controversial physical evidence which has been presented, should we accept the existence of alien life forms? Back to the X-Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. My email address, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, Skype, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, one address, TV. My guest this hour, Exonation, is John Ventry. We're going to be talking to John about... A number of things, but we're we're going to be start we're going to start off by talking about the MUFON um, sixth annual UFO conference that's going to be held and in, in two on two dates in uh, Pennsylvania, in Philly Friday to Sunday October the fourth to sixth, and in Pittsburgh on Saturday November second twenty thirteen. Now, for your information, John is the retired Pennsylvania State Security and Public Affairs Director for UPS, and uh, he was his company's liaison to the local congressman. John used to also head up his company's crisis management team for three states. John is the state director for Pennsylvania for the Mutual UFO Network, 
and on MUFON's board. He is the author of the novel 12-21-2012, A Prophecy, as well as The Day After 2012, plus UFOs Over Pennsylvania and also Apophis 2029. It was John's research into the end-time prophecy and cultures that got him interested in UFOs in 1996. Many cultures spoke of star people or people from the sky. Joining me now from his home in Pennsylvania is John Ventry. And John, welcome to the X-Zone. Thanks for having me on, Rob. John, you've got uh, quite a calendar of events coming up. Uh, We've got events happening in Philadelphia in October uh, as well as November. And then going into 2014, you also have dates of events happening in Erie on April the 26th. And then you'll be hosting the MUFON Symposium in Philadelphia from July 18th to the 20th in 2014. My goodness, busy days for uh, MUFON PA. Yeah, I mean, that's four conferences really within an 11-month period that we'll be putting on. But, you know, I think it's the one thing I really enjoy the most in this whole UFO field Mm -hmm. is to put these conferences on, get the biggest names in the field, and, you know, meet them, talk to them, and and also speak at the conferences. So we've got four of the best conferences uh, around. And, And, you know, we get a lot of Canadian people coming down to our conferences. Well, you know what? Pennsylvania is, uh, is, a, is a beautiful state. We've gone through Pennsylvania many times. Um, but I have to ask you, are, are, are there a lot of UFO sightings throughout Pennsylvania? Oh, yeah. Pennsylvania ranks either number three, usually three or four hmm. in the country. And it's funny, the, the, the rankings kind of go by uh, population. California's number one, Texas is number two, and then uh, usually Pennsylvania, Florida, Sometimes Michigan pops up, you know, either three or four. But we get about six cases uh, a week. Uh, it's as all, it's almost as though the uh, EPs take Sundays off. <laughs> we get cases Monday through Friday, uh, Saturday. But uh, we actually average about 300 cases a year here in Pennsylvania. And I have 28 investigators. And I, I think one of the best uh, teams out there for MUFON. All right, stand by. John, you and I have to take a two-minute commercial break. Great having you with us. Exo Nation, John Ventry is our special guest. He is with MUFON PA. Their website is www.mufonpa.com. And you can visit John's website at johnventry.com. That's V-E-N-T-R-E.com. johnventry.com. And uh, John and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break in two minutes to discuss UFOs, MUFON, and much more. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Don't go away. We'll be back in two. Nordic, also referred to as talls or blondes, human-like appearance, athletic build, said to be benevolent. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. 
To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Named one of the world's greatest psychics, Elizabeth Joyce is now giving readings worldwide via Skype. Elizabeth Joyce is recognized for her clairvoyant ability to help find missing persons, her analysis of dreams, past life regression work, mediumship, and her accurate predictions. Elizabeth has been a frequent guest on the Exxon radio show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, now for several years. For an appointment with Elizabeth Joyce, call 201-934-8986 or Skype at elizabeth.joyce. And for more information, you can always visit Elizabeth Joyce online at www.new-visions.com. Do you have a disease that you would like to alleviate through a natural means? Have you been contacted by angels, ghosts, or even extraterrestrials and want to validate these experiences? Or would you simply like to speak with someone who can help you find your life's purpose? I'm Dr. Joseph Mara, and I'm offering my services free of charge for first-time clients contacting me during the month of April. These free consultations include angel card readings, guided meditations, life coaching, and energy healing. If you have always wanted to explore these types of experiences but were skeptical or simply could not afford them, then take advantage of this free special offer. Contact me through my website, aguidinglight, spelled L-I-T-E, dot com, to schedule your consultation today. Until then, I offer you love, light, and laughter. And the evidence strongly suggests that it is then our government, for some reason, has taken the stance that the general public must not be told the truth. Did we really go to the moon? Did we really land on the moon? And why weren't there any stars? Did we really go to the moon? Did we really land on the moon? And why weren't there any stars? Exonation, our guest this hour is John Ventry, www.mufonpa.com, and his website is johnventry.com. John, what was it that made you decide to investigate UFOs and sub- subsequently become the state director of Pennsylvania for MUFON? You know, it's it's interesting. When I talk to other MUFON people Mm -hmm. and state directors, they were all big UFO fans as kids. They, you know, read magazines. They were into UFOs and science, and I wasn't. Uh, As a kid, I was into horror movies, Comic-Cons, comic books, famous monsters of film land. Uh, but, But what happened was in 96... Uh, UPS put me on an 18-month assignment traveling around the country, and I was getting really bored. I'm not a drinker, and I wanted to write a sci-fi book. So 
So I started writing a, a book on 2012. It was a science fiction story with all my ideas because I'm pretty creative. And the thing that happened, though, was uh, as I started looking up these cultures, the Mayans, the Hopis, uh, you know, they, the Romans, they were all talking about flying shields, people from the sky. And I said to myself, you know, I, I need to look into UFOs at that point. I was 40, 39 years old. I had no interest in UFOs until I started writing this sci-fi book. And then in um, 98, at 41, I joined MUFON and, and you know, just worked my way up. And this, I tell you, the more I looked, the more I found. Mm-hmm. That's what I find astonishing about this whole UFO field is there are so many documents, so many witnesses, photos, etc. The more you look, the more you find but yet mainstream media will not cover this as real news. Uh, Have you yourself seen a UFO? No. Actually, I thought I did. Mm -hmm. It was June 28th of 2008 at 10.20 p.m. I opened my front door. I went out. I had two Doberman pinches. I let them both out. They were pretty well behaved. All of a sudden, something flies across the sky, going really fast and bright. It was reflecting the moonlight. The moon was in the western sky. This was high in the northeast. I thought I saw a UFO. I went back into the house. I told my girlfriend, you're not going to believe what I just saw. So I did what our investigators are trained to do. I got online. I started checking the websites for the space stations, you know, satellites, asteroids, meteors. And there was an asteroid at 10.20 p.m., it flew across the sky over uh, Greensburg, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and that's what I saw. So, you know, in one sense, I did what the investigators do and proved that it wasn't a UFO by using science. But, uh, no, I've never seen a UFO. All right. Now, uh, you said uh, that MUFON PA gets, uh, gets six, six reports a week of UFO sightings. Now, out of those six, how many turn out to be real UFOs and and not explainable. Yeah, I would say about ten percent. And you know what I really tell most people when they ask that question: about eighty percent of them are explainable if you've got the time to do the research into the websites and everything else. About eighty percent are misidentified; they're explainable. Uh, you get about ten percent. I'd say about ten percent that are hoaxes where people are faking them or they're just making up the story. And then you get to the last 10%, which for us would be, you know, two or three cases a month where this is a real UFO. We've done the work and, and, you know, either the person's story is so believable or we've done the work like we did in a couple of those cases that ended up on uh, TV shows where we we had some trace evidence. What kind of trace evidence did you have? Yeah, we, uh, i tell you what happened. In 2008, most people, you know, in this field would say, if you, if you throw out the year 2008, people are going to say, oh, Stevensville, January 2008. Well, the year started with Stevensville, but it really ended in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, with a wave of UFOs, uh, really across Pennsylvania, but centered in Bucks County, we were getting at that time about only about 90 cases a year. And all of a sudden from 
the middle of the year, mm-hmm. for about a four-month period, we got 200 cases in that four-month period. So what happened was the biggest cases we had were over in Bucks County, two cases in particular. The one case, uh, the witness, Denise uh, Murder, M-U-R-T-E-R, Murter, she, uh, on a couple of occasions, I think there was a total of four, her dog starts barking at 3, 4 in the morning. She goes outside. She sees this triangular craft with three lights on it. Now, on one occasion, the craft drops these metallic sprinkles into her yard, into a tree. And she thought they were probes. She didn't know what it was. And then it kind of just sucked them back up like like a magnet would. So what we did, uh, it was really Bob Gardner, my investigator in the area, he took samples from that tree, other trees in the yard, trees around the corner. We sent them to two labs. And what happened was the tree that she said something happened, that tree had high levels of boron on the leaves. Mm. So, and it wasn't on any other tree in her yard or in the neighborhood. So we, I, I went looking, what is boron used for? Well, boron is used in nuclear reactors. It's used in paints to paint the inside of the reactors. But boron is used in stealth aircrafts because boron does not reflect uh, radar. So it was interesting. What is boron doing on her tree? You know, I asked Denise, I said, do you have boron in your spice rack? She just looked at me. She had no idea what I was saying. But, I mean, she didn't put sprinkle boron onto that tree. So we ended up with trace evidence there. There was eight witnesses. Uh, it's, it, that, that particular case has been on three TV shows. Uh, UFO Hunters, when I did that one with Bill Burns, he got a, he got a police sergeant and a sketch artist to interview the eight people separately, and all of them drew the, uh, a similar craft and sighting. And uh, so, so that was a good case. You had multiple witnesses. You had trace evidence. Uh, and, and, you know, the interesting thing is uh, Denise called me recently and told me that the landlord cut that tree down. Uh, she said that the leaves were growing back a little strange because he had trimmed it back a lot, and now he cut it down. So, uh, so, but then we also ended up on the Anderson Cooper show with that, with that case uh, last year, her and I and Joe Nichols as, as a skeptic. But, but there was a second case in Bucks County in Doylestown that was just as good. Uh, we did a, a UFO, um, UFOs over Earth on Discovery Channel with that one. Uh, we have this guy living in this $3 million home, a retired contractor. He sees this large cloud. Again, his dog barks. He wakes up at 3 in the morning. He sees this huge cloud approaching the house. And as he's looking at it, it's, it's a six-sided UFO that's moving only about 20 miles an hour. He said there's no way it should have even stayed up in the air. And it happened again a month later. And he grabs his wife, and they go outside, and there's a heat lightning storm. As the lightning's going off, he can now see the craft, and he can see between the seams where six triangular UFOs are docked together. So this craft then veers off to the northeast and and leaves. So, again, Bob Gardner uh, and I, we contact the Philadelphia airport. They invite him up to the tower, and they tell him, 
Yeah, at 4 in the morning, 4.20 in the morning, we had a large object with no transponder come on the screen over Doylestown and then veer off to the northeast. It matched up exactly with the sighting that Cliff told us. Um, now, now, wait a sec. That, wait a sec. Hold about getting the radar from right. them. Okay, they hold on here. Hold on here. Hold on here. Slow down. Mm-hmm. Okay, when it comes to the... Um, the first sighting this gentleman had at three o'clock in the morning. How do you see a cloud at night? Well, uh, it was a clear sky, and uh, he said he just looked out. He was looking out his window, mm-hmm. and he said he saw this large dark object approaching uh, in the sky. Wow. So, uh, you know, I mean, that's that's the description that he gave. Okay, now getting back to the the uh, the tower, the air traffic control. Was this a civilian air traffic control center? It's the the tower at the Philadelphia airport. Okay. The, now, when the, the object that did not have a transponder, it was it was obviously on radar because the guys in the tower said that they tracked it. What did the military say? Well, we tried to contact the military base that's mm-hmm. right there, and they would not give us an interview. So, so what happened was we they, the FAA told us there was no records. They mm-hmm. told us there was no records. So I ended up getting the protocol for the storage of records, and it turns out they do have the disks there. So okay. the woman up in the tower sends me the disks. So I send it off to one of our experts, and he finds uh, you know the paints the paint on you know on the screens. So eight of the screens showed objects that had no transponders. So I replied back to her, and and she was surprised and said to me, um, she was surprised that we found anything on those discs. Which I thought was a very strange answer. If you gave me the disc, why would you be surprised I pulled anything off of them? Now, is, so, is it possible? Is it possible that what you actually have target paintings of are military aircraft? Oh, it could be. I mean, there are things that don't have transponders, mm-hmm. uh, like balloons, uh, crop dusters, which yeah. really wouldn't be in that area. And it could be if you know military craft doesn't have a transponder. Let's say there are other things that that, that it could be. But but the point with all of that was they were telling me there were no records to be checked. It was mm-hmm. beyond the record retention time. But then I was able to get the records. <laughs> so. Uh, you know, there's a there's a little sure. uh, how do you know problem the, there with the FAA. How do, you, how do you know that the records you have are the actual records of the date and time that you were requesting? Well, it, it, it was the disk was dated, mm-hmm. and after it was all said and done, they sent me the wrong disk. They were from a, they were off by one day mm-hmm. because it was four in the morning. They sent me the disk from the day before. And they sent me a disc from two days later. So I never actually got what I was looking for from them. All right, John, stand by. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exonation, John Ventry is our guest, www.mufonpa.com. And his website is johnventry.com. When we come back, more about UFOs, MUFON, and Anderson Cooper. Here in the X-Zone as we continue from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Why weren't there any stars? Are you considering calling a psychic to read your situation? Then consider David Champion, a psychic medium for more than 20 years with thousands of readings under his belt. 
David Champion will make you feel comfortable. He has proven to be honest and accurate. He's a straight shooter. There's no guesswork. What he sees is what you get. While he is a medium, most of the calls focus on relationships. Not only love, but work, school, neighbors, and more. Need help with finding a job and preparing for the interview? Are you dealing with people who are obstacles in your path? For more information, go to davidchampion.com, $1.50 per minute, paid by credit card, with a minimum of 30 minutes. For your reading with David Champion, call 1-877-702-8598. That's 1-877-702-8598. Now you can dial in to listen to the Exxon Radio Show from anywhere in the world with Rob McConnell 24-7, 365 by dialing 213-401-0080. That's 213-401-0080. If you have a mobile phone or landline, the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is now at your beck and call at 213-401-0080. That's 213-401-0080, 24-7. 365. My name is Michael Telstar, Canada's leading mentalist from Toronto, Ontario. Hi, my name is Splinter, and you're listening to my dad, Ron McConnell, on the XM. This is Psychic Dorothy from St. Catharines, and you're listening to Rob McConnell. Hello, my name is Holly Reeves, an astrologer from astro for You, and you're listening to Canada's number one paranormal radio show, The X-Zone, with Rob McConnell. Welcome to The X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Well, I just got back from Roswell, where the aliens have been. And if you ask the feds the cause, well, they'll only lie again. Now I'm hunted by the gumshoes, and I'm wanted by the cops. Cause they think that I might be the guy making circles in the crops. And I know that there's a conspiracy from the voices in my head. Elvis lives, that's clear to me It's McCartney who is dead And if the Mars man should come again And take me, I will go I will take a trip on their rocket ship God bless the UFO Give JFK this message It's the Cuban army's fault And I know that Dave Koresh is alive inside a vault. We've seen reports in papers of a guy who knows about a car that runs on chewing gum, but the Arabs rubbed him out. And we loudly warn that America is badly unprepared. With the Cold War through, we need something new that can get you good and scare you wonder just who warning you of conspiracies today. We're the ones who fill the rumor mill. We 
Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. John Ventry's our very special guest this hour. John is the state director for, of Pennsylvania for MUFON. That's the Mutual UFO Network, an organization that is dedicated to the reporting of UFOs. They have a, they've got investigators that actually go out and, and investigate these cases. They've been around a long time. And, you know, to you and all the other people at MUFON, hats off to you, John. Thank you. John, uh, we touched a little bit about uh, your, your Anderson Cooper appearance, and you and I were talking before we went here. And what you see is not actually what really happens on television. I've had that experience myself many times. And I was wondering if you could share your, your Anderson Cooper experience with our audience. Now, I know Dr. Joe Nichols very well. I've worked with Joe in the past many times, and... Tell them the behind-the-scenes story of, of your Anderson Cooper UFO experience. Yeah, that was uh, April of 2012. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was warned by people not to do a pre-taped show because they can edit it, but what are you going to do? You, you're not going to turn down Anderson Cooper, and if you don't go, somebody else is exactly, going to do yeah. it. So, uh, you know, so I ended up doing the show. Mm-hmm. And i tell you what, though. Initially, I thought it was a great experience. Um, because everything that they asked me, I gave good answers. Every time Joe Nichols said something, Anderson asked me for my opinion, I gave a good answer. I mean, everything went great. And then 10 days later, the edited version airs, and I'm sitting home watching it, and I'm saying, wait a minute, what happened to that? What happened to this? I said this, I said that. There was one point where Joe Nickel, it was myself, Joe Nickel, and three witnesses. The one woman from Bucks County who saw the magnetic sprinkles, mm-hmm. and then two other witnesses from Kentucky. So uh, Joe Nichols says, I can explain all of this. So what the women saw was Jupiter. The entire audience started laughing. They dubbed out all the laughter. There was another point where I said, you know, about the witnesses having the fortitude to come forward. The entire audience applauded. They cut that part out. And about half the answers I gave to explain stuff was cut out. Like Joe Nichols was saying the, uh, well, he was saying Phoenix Lights uh, didn't happen. It was flares and, uh, you know, the... um, O'Hare Airport, he said, was a hole-punch cloud. And I said, wait a minute, Joe. I mean, you have to have freezing temperatures for a hole-punch cloud. It was 53 degrees that day. You couldn't have had a hole-punch cloud. So I gave a lot of good answers, but they edited out about half of what I said. It was really disappointing because they tried really hard to make Joe look like the expert. I mean, we didn't look bad. We told our side, but a lot of the good explanations just were not aired. I called the producer the next day, and I said, what's the deal here? And he says, well, we ran three minutes over. I said, three minutes? I said, you cut out at least eight minutes of of my responses. Um, 
you know, so, but he said he ran over, and they even brought on a psychic medium for the last 10 minutes of the show. There was no place for this person in this show. And, you know, they're interviewing her, and she's telling Anderson Cooper he's from Lemuria. And the people in the audience just rolling their eyes. There was really no place for that. But but that's typical of, one, it was edited, and two, mainstream media is not going to take this Seriously, and Anderson, you know, with his Anderson 360 show at night, was not going to be on air saying, I believe you, UFOs are real. It's just not going to happen. But one thing that came from it is uh, it was a taped show. If you went online and looked at the comments, there were 13 pages of complaints about Joe Nichols and, and, and the treatment of the witnesses. And when he came back after the summer, it's a, it was a live show. And I think our show forced them to go live September when they came back. Why do you think that mainstream media doesn't take UFOs serious anymore? Could it be that there have been so many... Uh, absurd sightings and and people are just looking for their 15 minutes of fame that they've burned the media too many times? Well, that's part of it. Like I said, at least 10% of the cases are Uh hoaxes and people are just making the stuff up or they're, you know, they're floating something in the sky with lights on it, trying to pass it off as UFOs. That's part of it. But I think that's a very small part of it. I think there is absolutely something to this they can't tell us. Uh, now, I know from the military standpoint, it's all about the technology. And, and here's an interesting point. The United States and the U.K. are the only two countries who investigate UFOs through their departments of defense. If you look at South American countries, they investigate it through their FAA air safety issues. And China and Japan have UFO reporting centers. In France, you are required to report, pilots are required to report UFOs. The French police are required to investigate them. If you perpetrate a hoax, you can be arrested in France. So it's definite that the United States is after the technology. But I think there's more to this, and maybe it has something to do with religion, with evolution, how we actually got here. Uh, You know, there is something that's so horrible that they can't tell us. I'm convinced of that. And it's like like, uh, Timothy Good said, it's above top secret. All right, let's talk uh, for a second about uh, the number of sightings that, that are reported in Pennsylvania. Why do you think there are so many UFO sightings in Pennsylvania, the third highest number of reported UFO sightings in the U.S. occur in Yeah, you know, Pennsylvania? I read an interesting article um, about a couple of years ago. It was in Popular Mechanics, and they were talking about what counties, what areas, cities have the most UFO sightings. Mm-hmm. And when it came to um, counties that don't have a major city in it, like, you know, Los Angeles County, let's say, so the second-tier counties, Westmoreland County, where I live, has the most UFO sightings in, in the country. In this county over here by Pittsburgh, and in fact, Stan Gordon, who's a pretty well-known name with Kecksburg, he lives about two miles from me. So this area gets the most UFO sightings. They get a ton of 
Bigfoot sightings. And and, and Pennsylvania, for example, has maybe 60% of the population of New York, but we get three times as many cases as New York State gets. So, uh, you know, in that 2008 case, this is something I kind of surmised. When this whole UFO wave started, it started in Lake Erie. And the UFOs and these orbs that were being seen were coming out of Lake Erie, really over Ohio, uh, Wheeling, West Virginia, and then across Pennsylvania, across Pittsburgh. I could track some of them. They were seen they were seen in, in East Lake, Ohio, Wheeling, West Virginia, Pittsburgh, and then across into Philadelphia and Bucks County, almost as though they go across the state, out into the Atlantic, and maybe circle back up around Nova Scotia or Canada and back to Lake Erie. So, but why? Uh, maybe there's a base under under the lake. You know, there's been a lot of cases of of lights and UFOs over Lake Erie. There was a famous case of a UFO kind of like landing on the ice when it was frozen. It was seen by the Coast Guard, and they were just flabbergasted about it. Do you think that the governments of the world are suppressing the fact that UFOs are here? There's an interesting point with that, and I made this point recently with Richard Dolan, is I said, one of the reasons the United States gives financial aid to 140 countries, and part of the reason is any UFOs come up, they're required to call us, and we get we get the case. Think about it. Remember all the cases that come up in other countries, the one in in, uh, Brazil, Vahinha, remember that case Mm -hmm. where there was a creature and the fire department, the guy picked the creature up to put it in the ambulance and the fireman died? I remember reading the Americans came and they took all the evidence, they took the creature, and you see that in a lot of cases. Who gives us the right to go into these countries and take over the investigations? You know, we were involved in the Iran case in 1976 over Tehran. Uh, We were involved in that. Why do these countries call the United States? I think it's because the foreign aid we give, that's one of the rules, is that we get first, you know, tabs on on UFO cases. I believe that 100%. Hmm. Um, But do you have any idea or do you have a hypothesis on why there are so many UFO sightings in Pennsylvania? Well, I, I was thinking that it's maybe part of that flight path. Uh, if there's a base in Lake Erie, mm-hmm. like I said, they, they seem to come you know, out of Lake Erie, and then they come across southern Pennsylvania, and they go out into the Atlantic Ocean. Wow. That was what happened, absolutely what happened in 2008. So maybe it's on the flight path. I don't know. You tell, know but, uh, I mean, that was one of the theories that we had back then. Tell me about your impressions or your theories about what happened in Stevensville, Texas, with that massive sighting. Well, I mean, that was a great case. Uh, you know, you look at the fact that, uh, one, it's over by the president's home, his mm-hmm. ranch in Crawford, Texas. Right? So you, you have that case developing. Then you have that whole scenario with the F-16s, you know, where the people saw these uh, a squadron of F-16s chasing this object. And the Air Force first comes out and says there were no F-16s. So that was their first mistake of lying about it. Then they come out and they said there were uh, there was three. And, and it turns out that there were seven. 
Uh, and then they came out and said, well, it was uh, they were just doing a routine, uh, you know, run. But it, but they fly in groups of three. They don't fly in groups of seven. Seven is a serious situation. So that was a great case. That really was. As a matter of fact, Robert Powell down in Texas, he showed us uh, a presentation. Well, he did it at the MUFON Symposium in Las Vegas in July, and he absolutely showed with the radar, et cetera, that this was a real UFO case. He was able to show radar from different points in Texas to show that this was a real object. And he actually had the F-16s on the radar. He could show the group of F-16s. So it it was a good case and a real case, and maybe there was a reason why they were over the, the president's ranch. But once again, we have to set the record straight that just because there was proof of this object does not mean that this object was from outer space or another planet. Planet, another oh, galaxy. Oh, you're correct. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That that doesn't that you're, you're right with that. But there are eyewitnesses, you know. So what do you say to the people who saw this object and well, then saw the F-16s? You know, are they always misidentified? You know, well, we're, not, we're not saying that. We're not saying that. Books, we're not saying that, that it's uh, a misidentification. You, know, you, could, you could go to a courtroom. Yeah, I understand. I understand this 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 evidence factor that everybody loves to bring into this discussion. That if you took it to court based on the preponderance of evidence, you'd get a conviction. Well, right. That may be the case, but all I'm saying is that why is it that those people who see things they cannot understand, they cannot identify, automatically assume that it's a UFO from another planet? Well, I, I agree with you. It doesn't prove it. It doesn't prove it a hundred percent. And then you know, you, how could why why can you say it's it's from another planet? I mean, it could be there could be another species here on this planet. It could be from the future. It can be from another dimension, uh-huh. or it could just be a misidentification. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's an extraterrestrial creature that's that's flying these. But you get ten thousand cases a year. And I guarantee you there are 200, 300 of that 10,000 that are just phenomenal cases. All right, stand by. You and I have to take our final break. John Ventry is our special guest, ExoNation, www.mufonpa.com. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the symposiums for them in the next year so far. My name's Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. With each new extreme weather event or terrorist act, it becomes increasingly obvious that we live in uncertain and challenging times. We all buy car insurance. Why not collapse and catastrophe insurance? Matthew Stein, an MIT-trained engineer and green builder, has written two outstanding books to help people prepare, plan for, and deal with everything from minor situations lasting a few days to full-on collapse. Matt's first book, When Technology Fails, is a manual for self-reliance, sustainable living, and surviving the long emergency. This massive book covers the gamut from first aid and emergency preparedness to alternative healing, renewable energy, primitive living skills, and 18th century technologies that could be critical to your comfort and survival in a long-lasting crisis. 
Matt's second book, When Disaster Strikes, is a comprehensive emergency preparedness handbook and survival guide. When Disaster Strikes is an essential item for every family's go-bag. Both books are available at all usual sources. There's a wealth of totally free information posted at whentechfails.com and author-signed copies may be purchased at mattstein.com. That's www.whentechfails.com and www.mattstein.com. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. John Ventry is my special guest this hour. Two websites, www.johnventry.com and uh, www.mufonpa.com. John, you've got uh, four events already planned for 2013 and for 2014. Let's talk about the upcoming October 4th to 6th event that you're having in Philadelphia. Yeah, that should be a really cool conference. Uh, it's a three-day event. Um, it's at the Sheridan Hotel in Bucks County, where all those 2008 sightings took place. And what the theme for this year is the UFO Hunter Reunion. <clears throat> so we have Bill Burns, uh, Pat Uskett, uh, Dr. Ted from the UFO Hunter Show on History. The three of them are going to be there on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sunday, we have Travis Walton, Nick Redfern, Anthony Sanchez, uh, myself. There's a total of 13 speakers. It starts off Friday night with a cocktail hour where food is provided. There's two speakers. Um, Saturday is the UFO Hunters and five speakers, and then a nice dinner buffet with the speakers and a question-and-answer session, and then Sunday is five more speakers. So you get all of that. You get two meals and 13 speakers for a total of $130, which is probably, 
you know, almost half of what wow. you pay for a lot of the conferences. Uh, we don't try to make a lot of money on it, just enough money mm-hmm. to buy equipment, you know, uh, radiation detectors, that type of deal. So it's a great conference, even the whole setup with the vendor tables, the way it's run. We have a nice big room. It's a great dinner. Uh, it, 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 it's definitely – I know in the Northeast there aren't a lot of UFO conferences. They tend to be more out west in, in the United States, but this is definitely the best conference in the Northeast to, to attend. Okay, quickly, we're running out of time faster. Let's talk about the Pittsburgh event on Saturday, November the 2nd. Yeah, that one is Linda Moulton Howe and Kathleen Martin. It's only $25. Actually, it's 29 because we mm-hmm. give you lunch, $29. And then you can purchase the dinner in the evening. There's five speakers, myself, Stan Gordon, Michael Lee Hill, talking about Lake Erie cases, and then Kathy and uh, Linda Moulton Howe. So another great conference at a very reasonable price. Excellent. Uh, when you're out and about uh, doing that thing you do, uh being the state director of MUFON and you talk to the public, what's the number one question you get asked? Uh, I know the number one answer I give is my goal is to make it comfortable for people to come forward and report a UFO. We don't laugh at people. We don't Mm -hmm. make fun of them. We take their information and we make it comfortable to come forward. And I think that's why we've gone from 90 cases a year to over 300, because people know they can come to us and we're going to treat it as a serious investigation. Hey, John, we've got to say so long for now, but uh, let's get you back on. And if there's any UFO cases that you think need to get out in front of the public, give me a call. We'll get you right on. Thanks very much for sharing your time with us. Thank you. ExoNation, our guest this hour has been John Ventry. He's the Pennsylvania State Director for MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network. Two websites, www.mufonpa.com and www.johnventry.com. And unlike the Anderson Cooper show, this show is not edited. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue with yours truly, Rob McConnell from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.